Hello, romantics. Welcome to it. Pod to be you, the talk film society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Vanit Mehta. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing pretty well. Very excited to have you on to talk about this film. Would you like to introduce the film for us? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so when you first talked to me about this, I, I was deciding between a lot of different films. Yeah. I was gonna, I was thinking like maybe a queer film like Love, Simon, because I, I have good and bad things to say about it. I was thinking maybe an Indian film like Kuchota Hair, because I was like, you know, Loki, I loved that when I was a kid, still do. Um, but I ended up going with Serendipity because it's really my comfort film. It's the one that I, I watch like nearly every year. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I guess it's a very sappy romantic film and I am kind of like that. So it kind of fits well. Should I, should I tell the people what the film's about if they don't sincerely probably don't know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, it's it's like, it was like the film that ITV used to show until the holiday came along, and now that's the one that they show again and again and again. But the film is essentially there's two people who randomly meet in a store, um, and they get to chatting, and they're already sort of in relationships in their life, and they already have stuff going on, um, but they feel like fate being brought, kind of brought them together. So um, that's where the word serendipity comes from. I think it's un. Um, Something like accident, I can't remember what, it's, what it stands for now. Should probably check that. Um, but yeah, they so they meet and they're like, right, okay, maybe fate brought us together, and it kind of keeps pulling them together. And they're like, right, we're gonna put something out into the universe, and if we're meant to meet again, we'll meet again. Um, and then a few years later, loads of different events happen, and they kind of meet again. Not to give too much away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, do you remember the first time you saw the movie? Yeah. So, I think I, the first time I saw it, I was probably like early teens, I would say. Um, so, I probably watched it a couple of years after it came out when it got onto TV. I definitely didn't watch it in cinemas. Um, and I think it was sort of like late on at night. I think it was kind of near the Christmas time because it's it's that kind of film. It's based around Christmas, New Year's, um, and yeah, it's. Uh, I think I think I watched it with my parents, and I just sort of fell in love with it. And it used to come on pretty much every single year, so I used to watch it every single year. I don't think it comes on as frequently anymore. Uh, like I was saying, like now they show the holiday like literally every single day instead. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, and I I just kind of fell in love with the word as well. Like, um, yeah, so in the which stands for. Uh, an occurrence and development of events by chance in a happy or beneficial way. So a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. So I actually have not seen this movie before, uh, before you mentioned it. 
Uh, it's one of those movies that I feel like I have seen, kind of, just because, like, it's such a, like, you know, 2000s kind of, like, classic yeah. for people in our age group. Like, I've heard the yeah. names come up so many times, and it's one of those just, like, you have to see Serendipity. It's, like, such a cute movie and stuff. But I just hadn't been able to watch it, and uh, I was perfectly charmed by it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a yeah. really... Um, really fun movie and I really liked the well I I guess I thought that it was it would be different than what than what it was like um mm. I didn't I guess I should have guessed but I didn't think it'd be so like fate based you know like <laughs> it's very much like these two people are destined for each other and like they are just you know like it's just the stars are aligning for them somewhat literally and so it was very like it's definitely a really cool movie in, in that regard so like how um what is it about it that really just speaks to you you like watch it every year and you know have been enjoying it for so long i think i think it is is that kind of idea like i i do I know people will call you naive, but I, I do kind of believe that sort of fate in the universe, it, it sort of has a bit of a plan. I feel like it, you do make your own choices and life does go depending on what you do. But at the same time, I feel like certain things do happen and there's a reason why they happen and you have to take something from it and learn something from it. Um, and especially, I, I kind of learned that a lot over the last few years as well, where a lot of things in my life sort of fell apart. But if they didn't fall apart, certain other things wouldn't have come together and yeah. I kind of just like that idea that it, like so there are things that are there out there that are meant for you and just because things are aren't going to plan or going wrong that's fine because that's going to take you to where you need to be um and I feel like that's something that you can take away not just for for love and romance but just in everyday life that you can get sort of hung up on all of these negative things, and I do myself. But when you look back in hindsight, you realize that it's just a series of stepping stones to get you to the other side. Yeah, exactly. And I think this movie really highlights that, you know, in the sense that every little thing that happens in this movie is just a step towards, you know, these two characters played by John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale meeting each other at the end. And, like, there are definitely parts where I was, like, screaming, so, like, things were just, like, aligning so much, you know? Like, um, for example, you know, like, John Cusack is engaged to uh, Bridget Moynihan, and um, they're at their wedding rehearsal, and um, just, I mean, even just the fact that, like, uh, Bridget Moynihan is, ends up meeting up with, or ends up becoming, or was friends with uh, Kate Beckinsale's friend played by Molly Shannon, just like that whole thing. It's just like uh, everything just kind of aligns up, and you know, like you're right, like everything kind of happens for a reason. And I think this movie did a really good job of um, showing that, you know, like even though like our life is sort of made up of choices, like these choices all lead to a certain destination. And I kind of like that message that, you know, uh, everything's kind of a little messy. You know, it's not that it won't be easy for these two people to find each other, but everything they do is leading up to that happening. So they just have to like have the faith in doing it. Yeah. Um, like um, how familiar are you with like John Cusack as sort of a romantic lead? Cause I, I thought he was a very interesting casting choice for this movie, um, but have you seen, like, say, anything or, like, Must Love Dogs or any of his other kind of romance movies? 
I actually, I actually don't think I have. I don't think I've watched a lot of movies with either of the two leads. Yeah. Um, I've probably watched a little more of Eight Back and Cell because I've watched a, a little bit of like the Underworld films, sure, sure. which is such such a like a different side of her. Like yeah. the fact that she, <laughs> the fact that she goes from like romantic lead of like cute yeah. British British character to like yeah, I'm gonna beat up people. Just it's incredible. It's incredible her range, but. Um, Scarlett Johansson who but like yeah. um, but um, no I, I'm actually not so I think that was quite an interesting watch to see him play that kind of character yeah because like I mean he's very famous for um, like his movie Say Anything which is like in the 80s yeah. and that I mean I'm sure you know the trope of like you know the guy outside the window with a boombox right like, yeah sort of, like the classic so, like, I guess when I thought, when I was first starting this movie, and I was like, oh, maybe it's just, like, he's going to be, like, on this quest to, like, find this find this girl, right? And let, like, he would kind of have to, like, interrupt her life. And so I was really pleasantly surprised that, like, this movie is actually very even-handed and that, like, they both felt this, like, attraction towards each other and just, like, would, like, drop everything to look for each other, which I found very... Um, Again, it's that whole, like, theme of, like, this feels very destined. Like, like, around the same time, you know, they are, like, both feeling like they're jumping into, you know, marriages that aren't going to work. And they just have this, like, pull towards each other. And, like, they're both thinking, like, oh, it's just cold feet. It's just, you know, like, I'm just nervous. I'm, like, you know, reimagining this, like, night as, like, more important than it actually was. But, um, and even, like, they, they're both, like, seeing other people who kind of look like each other, but okay. they're like, is that him? Is that her? Like, I, like, they're like, am I even remembering this woman's face as well as I think I am? So, it's, um, yeah, it's very, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. And, um, so I like that this movie was, like, both of them together just, like, really disrupting their own life, rather than having him, like, chase after her and be, like, yeah. trying to convince her. Because, like, that's, I mean, that would kind of be, like, the typical, you know, romantic comedy angle where it's, like, yeah. he's, like, no, no, we're meant to be together. And she's, like, yeah, but I'm already <laughs> engaged. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, it, I like that it, it was both of them. Yeah, I did like that because I think a lot of, um, romantic comedies it, it does have that kind of trope like you said and it's always sort of the guy chasing or it's always the other way around where it's like the the shy girl who doesn't think that she can get the really good looking guy but then oh actually the really good looking guy actually is really into her yeah, but then after, exactly. after she has like a glow up or something you know, it's, right. <laughs> it's, it, but it's it's not like that at all because it's it's something that they both had inside of them and they were both doing it but neither one of them knew that the other person still felt that way yeah. and and it's also it's also really cute because of the way that it is really much based in its time like something like that couldn't actually exist in this modern age because you could probably search up this person in some way and yeah. find them online i mean jonathan and sarah i guess are very common names so it might be a little bit harder without the surname but I feel like it would be so much easier to sort of find these people. You probably search up Sarah and Serendipity and you'll probably find her Instagram or something. Yeah, um, I was just thinking that, like, <laughs> this movie could really only exist and it's in that time that it came out. I mean, this movie yeah. was, like, shot, you know, pre-9-11 and it's, this is such a New York movie, too, 
where yeah. like everyone is like um, chasing around New York, and you know everyone like. Um, oh my god, it was so funny how, like, they just randomly go board a flight to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, he and his best friend played by Jeremy Pivot, and they're like, it was just like, oh my god, like, can't even imagine, like, being able to go on a flight without any luggage or anything <laughs> nowadays. But, it also, yeah, it's just so, like, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, on that, um, like, just me watching it now and just thinking about it in a, in a sort of more critical sense, I was just watching it and I was like, this movie reeks of middle class as well. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. can you imagine to be like, I really like this person. I'm just going to jump on a flight to San Francisco just to go and find them. Like, that's that's money, though. Like, last-minute flight to San Francisco, that can't be cheap, right? No. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think back to, like, the like the late 90s, 2000s. Like, I don't... Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it wouldn't be cheap even by, like, those standards of, like... You know, yeah pre-inflation but yeah and especially i mean serendipity the restaurant like it's not somewhere people normally go like that's a very much um a like specialty restaurant i mean it's it's a tourist destination for one thing well especially now but like after the movie but um even back then like it was like i mean it's pretty ritzy like the frozen hot chocolate they have is like one of the most expensive desserts in new york or at least it was yeah so, yeah, I mean, this movie is very much like, and I mean, they're having, I mean, J- John Cusack and Bridget Moynihan are having their wedding at the Waldorf Astoria, which is like a five, I mean, these are like very money people. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, that's frustrating, but it's also like, it allows them this kind of freedom to like, do this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, definitely. yeah, I mean, there wouldn't be a movie if he was like, I mean, I literally can't afford to <laughs> go anywhere. <laughs> But yeah, and I actually, I actually went to so when I went to New York a couple of months ago, and honestly, I feel like that movie definitely fuels a little bit of my love for New York. I yeah, like every time I've been to New York, I've kind of left. I've only been twice, but I've left a little bit of my heart there, and I would love to just sort of live there one day. But I went there, and I went to Serendipity, um, and I had the frozen hot chocolate, and I was like, this is such a moment, and I just. I wish I wish I just had someone sitting opposite me, but that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Believe me, I, I've had those like quote unquote romantic New York moments. And I'm like, um, why? Why am I myself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this movie is a really great New York movie, um, and just because like. I I also feel like New York is a great city, and maybe London is as well. I mean, you can you you know more about that than I am, but like New York yeah. is a great city for just like happenstance, you know, encounters where you're just like meet with someone and like connect, and there's like no no guarantee that it's going to last beyond you know the next few hours, but it's like meaningful. You take you take the experience with you for you know for your you know for sometimes for the rest of your life sometimes for like until you kind of forget it but yeah um, i mean like is london like that where you just like have these moments with people i don't really think so i feel like yeah. you probably get it a little bit more maybe within the lgbt plus community when you're at those kind of venues yeah you will you will click with people you'll have a conversation with people but i don't know i don't feel like i've really ever experienced that kind of just happenstance connection and I, I i did find it interesting because i i was thinking again of like how that would work in a modern day just because i know right now like these days a lot of dating doesn't really happen in 
person, but maybe it's different yeah. in New York, but it's it's always just apps or online. Um, and it's really interesting to think of, would, would, would you have a serendipitous moment within the 2020, the year 2020? Yeah, I guess I'm thinking like, I guess like I'm thinking more in terms of like, um, maybe not even like romantic setting, but even just like, mm. um, just like meeting someone randomly, like at you know a coffee shop, and just like because you have to like share a table because it's so crowded, or like at you know in line at the movie theater, you know. Yeah. Like I remember, like um, Londoners just don't do that. We're like, no, yeah. you're gonna share a table, which you probably wouldn't do in the first place. We do yeah. not talk to each other. Hey, that's yeah. Not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It's, Definitely different, you know, cultural thing. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, nowadays, like, I was just thinking, like, the other day I went to this, you know, like, a meetup event, and I, like, met someone there. Like, not even, like, a romantic thing, but just, like, we were just, like, chatting the whole time. And immediately when I was leaving, I was like, should I find, try to try to find him on, like, Instagram or Facebook, or is that, like, creepy? Because mm. it's, like, it's a little, you know... It could be seen as predatory, right, to, like, immediately Google yeah. someone and be like, okay, <laughs> let me find you. Um, See, this and, is why if I, yeah. if I meet someone cool at a, an event or something, I always try and grab their handle before I leave. Like, I always say to them, like, oh, why don't we, like, connect yeah, yeah. to Instagram? I feel yeah. like Instagram and Twitter, mainly, in, I mean, most people use Instagram over Twitter. I feel like it's a really nice way to just connect with people. I feel like Facebook can be a little intrusive just because it, you normally had it but since 2008. It's got yeah, your whole past right. on there. It's going to have your family on there. Well, Instagram would say, oh yeah, just you know, follow my Instagram. It's cool. And you just watch each other's stories every now and then. And maybe one day you'll meet again. You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny, like... <laughs> Last time this happened to me, and I was looking for, I like asked someone their Instagram and like found them. They like gave it to me, but they didn't follow me back. And I was like, I've had that. And I was like, you only have two hundred followers. It's not like you're some like cool like influencer where you can like be more like um, exacting about who you follow. Every every now and then, I have a little bit of a a clear out on some of those apps and just check people who didn't follow me back or like unfollowed me and I'm like cool let's just get rid of them like yeah many because of that idea where like I you know if there's I, I follow plenty of people and I don't I don't need my numbers to be equal I follow plenty of people who don't follow me back yeah but it's it's that idea where if the whole point was you were mutuals and now suddenly you're not or they decided not to be mutuals with you yeah. I was just like yeah okay I don't I don't know what we're doing here then like let's just leave this I guess yeah, but um, so going back to uh, going back to the film, like I was yeah. one thing I was thinking about is like this concept of like we're like rooting for these two people who are to get together, and even though like they don't really um, share the screen at, at all until I mean they don't share the screen after the like first you know half hour or so, and then again at the end. And and yet the movie just like works. I mean, you kind of feel their chemistry through their distance. You know what? Like, what do you think about that? Does that work for you? Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the whole idea of this sort of cat and mouse game where they were constantly connecting with each other when they weren't actually at the same place at the same time. It was there was always a time shift. Um, Even even that um, that really subtle moment of the the dog where the dog went around. Um, so there was a moment where, where the dog was, uh, was walking their dog down the street and it went around John Cusack's character 
um, and then they kept walking, um, and then later on they got to um, Sarah, Kate Beckinsale's character, and the dog did the same thing. Um, and I thought that was a really cute moment where it's like, oh, they they connected because the dog has connected with both of them, but yeah. they don't know that. And they've, the dog has done the exact same thing to both of them, like it wants them to be together. And it's just like really subtle things like that. Like, oh, she went to the place where he was actually working the day before. And right. yeah. I, I really like all of that where it's, it's they're, they're, they're so close to finding each other. They're, they're touching each other, but it's just the wrong place at the wrong time. And it's always just so close. Yeah, yeah. But each little, like, clue, right? Each little of these, like, near misses, these little, like, misconnections, um, they, like, lead them to, like, to be at the right place at the right time, right? So, like, I was thinking about how, like, when he's searching in... um, He's searching with uh, Jeremy Piven to uh, find that, like, roommate finder office, which is, like, such a... 90s thing. I mean, like, that does yeah. not exist anymore. Now that's, like, roomy or whatever. <laughs> um, and um, he finds... But it turns out to be, like, a, a wedding dress shop. And he's like, okay, that's yeah. a sign. I need to go back to my fiance and marry her and go to the rehearsal dinner. But at the rehearsal dinner is when she gives him the book Love, Love in the Time of Cholera, which yeah. is a book that Sarah had um, written her name and number in um, in the beginning as a sign of, like, if we're meant to find each other, you're going to get this book back. And so that's so he gets that book from his fiance, and that sort of reignites. So it's, like, all these little things, like, just these little, like, steps to finding each other. It's very convoluted and very, like, um, it's very complicated for them, but it works out for them. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and even, like, um, oh, my God, my, my favorite one was when uh, Molly Shannon, who plays... Kate Beckinsale's best friend gets the five dollar bill, yeah. and uh, I was like, I was like, I was like screaming. I was like, this is so, <laughs> this is insane. Like this is so great. And like I kind of like like that like that kind of like um, these little like clues to, like the audience that the characters don't know. Like it makes the movie more exciting because yeah, um, it's just like you ca- it's just it's like a matter. It's like the whole thing with like suspense, right? Like if you know something's gonna happen, it's just a matter of like when. It makes it more suspenseful, and I felt like with this one, I was like, I know, I know these all these things are gonna like click into place, and then they do, yeah. and it's really, it's uh, the ending is really, really exciting. What um, I what I really yeah. love about the about the whole cat and mouse of it all, of them not really being meeting up, is is the idea that they weren't meeting up because they weren't in the right place at the right time for yeah. in their own lives. Yeah, because I think the idea at the beginning where they because they met once they met once at the at Bloomingdale's um and they have that that little drink and then they go off their separate ways but they come back because they forget something at the store right and he was like well you know clearly we were supposed to meet again because we're here and I think that was a sign that like they're not supposed to just go there in separate ways and disappear forever but they're also not supposed to be together because they're not at that place in their lives to be together. Yeah. And I thought that was quite smart in the way they did that. So, um, you know, nearer to the end when um, he goes to San Francisco and they see what they think is Sarah, um, Kate Beckinsale's character, having sex with some man. They're like, oh, you know, clearly she's moved on. But then Jeremy Pittman's character says, to him, well, maybe the reason that you're here isn't to find her, but to realize that, 
you know, the fact that you're here and not at your rehearsal wedding, that you're here and you're not thinking about Hallie, that clearly there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And I think when he was at the rehearsal wedding and he realised that, that he wasn't focused on Hallie and he was thinking of some other stuff and other people, that that wasn't right. And regardless of whether he found Sarah or not, uh, because I think at the end he kind of resigned not finding her, even though he got the book. Um, he like he broke up with Hallie because it's like, well, this isn't fair to her. I'm regardless of Sarah or not, I'm not supposed to be with this woman. And I think that yeah. that was smart because it was done on the same side of uh, Kate Beckinsale's character, where it was like, I might never find him. I'm gonna go home. I'm not gonna find him. But I'm not supposed to be with her husband, uh, her fiance Lars. So I'm yeah. not supposed to be with him. And I think that that was everything fell into place once they broke up with their significant others. Because it's like now you're at the right place. You're not supposed because they could have easily been like, right, they're gonna kiss, even though they're in relationships. And it's very like they're cheating, but they're not cheating and whatever. But yeah, I like the fact that it's like no, it's not gonna fall into place until you get into the right place in your own life. And I think that's also a really good message to take. I feel like, you know, in, in relationships, you know, timing is always everything. And sometimes you meet people when you're not ready for them and they have a way of coming back to you or not. Or, you know, I mean, usually not. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, this movie does a really good job of like showing that like um, you kind of have to be at the right place emotionally before you can you know, get the quote unquote reward of meeting your soulmate. Believe I'm yeah, please, please let fate take its proper course. <sighs> that was an accident. Write that down again, please. I can't. That was a sign. Fate's telling us to back off. If fate didn't want us to be together, then then why do we meet tonight, huh? Gotcha. Well, I don't know, but it's not an exact science. It's a feeling. Well, what if you're wrong? Huh? What if it's all in our hands and we just walk away? No names, no phone numbers, nothing. What do you think's going to happen? Do you think good old fate is just going to deliver my information right to your doorstep? Do you know, that's the best idea you've had all night. What's the best? Here you go. Write your name and number down. Want a $5 bill? Mm, just do it. You are a strange and interesting woman. <laughs> now what? Wait there. Hey! What the hell was that? But that $5 bill makes its way back into my hands. I'll be able to call you. And when you hear my voice on the other end, then you'll believe in fate, won't you? Hey, what about me? What do you mean? Well, we have to send something out in the universe with your name on it, don't we? Come on, isn't that the only fair thing? That is the only fair thing. What have I got, even? Oh, no, I have a really good idea. What? Okay. It's a lot of two. Okay, see this book? Yeah. Okay, so when I get home tonight, I'm going to write my name and my number inside this book. Yeah. And then first thing tomorrow morning, I'll sell it to the used bookstore. Which one? You're not going to tell me. You're not going to tell me. Why not? Well, now, every time you go past an old bookstore, you're going to have to go inside and see if it's there. This is just wrong. You don't just have the most incredible night of your life with a perfect stranger and then leave it all to chance, do you? Do you? 
you know, speaking of, you know, uh, all these kind of supporting players, I mean, what, like, what do you think of this cast? Because this cast is, like, really great. I mean, you have Molly Shannon, of course, who's amazing. Jeremy Piven in, like, his, like, pre-entourage career, and John Corbett and Bridget Moynihan. Um, I mean, like, do you have any, like, particular standout scenes with them or or, or like that? I have to say, I think Molly Shannon, so um, uh, her best friend, is my favorite character in the whole movie. Just Every every sort of little comment that she makes or little thing that she does, like the fact that she's um, meant to be sort of a new age um, like shop owner, and yet at the same time she doesn't really believe in any of it, and she's like taking the piss out of everyone, it really made me laugh. So like the idea that um, she is like she owns that new age shop, and yet she doesn't really believe in any of any of it. So she's. Um, like standing there and the woman's like, oh, I need a, a Casanova candle. And she's like making those little like light jabs. Um, I thought that all of that was really funny. The fact that she's like, oh, I want, I want this. It's Prado. Oh, I'll just like get the little eraser and like edit it. Um, and, and then the scene when she, um, they get mistaken for being partners. And then she, um, Kate Beckinsale's character goes in the lift and she's like, see you later, my lesbian lover. And I'm like, <laughs> just everything that she does in that yeah. phone just made me laugh. Um, Jeremy Piven's character is great as well. Um, I love the scene with um, him and uh, John Cusack and I forget the actor's name, the really famous actor, Eugene, is it, I think? Eugene Levy, yeah. Yeah. Um, when they're in the... Um, in the Queen, Queens, I can't remember what it is now. It's the it's the place where all the files are kept from Bloomingdale's, and they're in there trying to find the file with the account for Sarah, so they could find her surname um, and more information about her. And just everything that happens in that place with the when he reveals that he's an obituary writer, and when they rub the the name out, um, all of that was just a riot. That whole scene was just yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you there that um, Molly Shannon is, you know, the best part of the movie, or at least the funniest, uh, the funniest character because she's like, she just had like, it's like not that she's having these like amazing like catchphrases or jokes, you know, that she's telling, but yeah. just like every just her line de- delivery, just like the way she like uses her her body language and but even like yeah. in the more like serious moments I mean she really sells them too like when they're when she and Kate Beckinsale are at serendipity and she's you know gives her whole um monologue about life being messy and you know like why even get out of bed if everything's predetermined um yeah. she she really sells that as well and if this is a good movie to like about these two women being friends as well because and that's I mean also the two guys being friends yeah it, it really takes a good friend to go with you and all these like wild I mean to like fly to San Francisco <laughs> yeah. you, and fly I, back in the same night which I, I was like trying was to do the of, math of like the time difference and I, I got a <laughs> headache from it <laughs> I mean there was a lot of strength in both of their friendships I feel like yeah there was there was a lot of chemistry there between the characters, um, and you could really tell how much they they cared for each other yeah. and look after each other. Like the the scene when um, they're on the plane and John Owen's character tells um, uh, John Cusack's character, he says to him, "Oh, um, how how he's how he's fallen. His his relationship with his wife isn't that great at the moment," and. 
it was it was a complete shock because he was like, but your your relationship is everything. Like we always see your relationship as you never fight and you're perfectly in love. And it's like, no, actually, we've we've not been doing great. And that whole heartfelt moment of him opening up to his friend and very like teary eyed, telling his friend how he's um, struggling at the moment and things might fall apart and he's got, needs to fix it and he needs to do something about it was a really lovely moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really, um, I'm not a big fan of Jeremy Piven as an actor in general, okay. but I really liked his performance here because I thought he did a really, um, yeah, just a really like, it was really a kind of sensitive and interesting performance. Um, so I did want to bring up the um, Harvey Weinstein of it all because we yeah. were kind of chatting on Twitter a little about this uh, earlier this week. So a few days ago, when we were recording in uh, recording in March, so a few days ago, uh, Harvey Weinstein was um, sentenced to I think like twenty three years in prison or so, well, and he, um, he and so Kate Beckinsale released a statement on her Instagram account about um, the premiere of this film, which came out in October two thousand one, just a few weeks after nine eleven. And that she and the majority of the cast and crew wanted to cancel the premiere because it felt silly to, you know, have a movie premiere kind of right after this, you know, humongous global tragedy. And Harvey Weinstein um, insisted and kind of threw a fit over it and later um, invited her over for a play date with their children and then ushered the children away and basically berated her with, you know, misogynistic and homophobic insults. And telling her basically that, you know, she ruined his premiere because she dressed, quote-unquote, like a lesbian and didn't wasn't looking as, you know, sexy, I guess, as he wanted her. And, I mean, you should, honestly, listeners should go and look at her Instagram account. It's a very harrowing story and one that is, unfortunately, all too typical of Harvey Weinstein, as we know, but... Um, d- but just as horrifying and disgusting as anything... And we bring this up because, you know, this happened around the film Serendipity, and that's what we're talking about. And, um, yeah, I mean, Harvey Weinstein, as we all know, is a total monster, and I I hope he, you know, rots away in prison. But it is interesting um, because, you know, with this movie being a romantic comedy and, you know, coming out right after 9-11, I kind of have this theory that, you know, 9-11 um, broke the Hollywood um, industry in, in many ways, but especially, you know, after 9-11, we got a lot of movies about the Iraq War, of course, and um, and superhero movies became more and more popular and other kind of action movies and these big blockbuster franchises, and I think a lot of it has to do with our national uncertainty about, you know... Um, you know, about the future, just needing some kind of, like, superficial reassurance about, you know, our safety and stuff like that. And and I think then, as, like, these sort of, like, blockbuster franchises and superhero movies and a more, like, serious-minded, you know, political thrillers, stuff like that, political dramas became more and more in fashion because of sort of our national state of crisis... I felt like romantic comedies kind of were, you know, not as prioritized. I mean, the thing is, like, this movie is very much a late 90s 
romantic comedy style. I mean, this came out maybe two years too late, but you know, the eighties and nineties were definitely like the hey, like the heyday of romantic comedies. Like they ruled the box office. They were made with like the best actors, the best writers, best directors. They were like Oscar winning um, movies and are Oscar nominated. And then after that, you know, we kind of have the major slump, and the slump is coming back around. Um, especially with movies like The Big Sick, Crazy Rich Asians, all the movies on Netflix, uh, Love, Simon, as we mentioned earlier. So, I mean, I think that, like, um, Kate Beckinsale's story about not wanting to even have a premiere for Serendipity, right, you know, so soon after 9-11, I think, is an interesting uh, distillation of sort of this downturn of the genre. And uh, maybe I'm just, like, talking, you know... (laughs) out of my ass I mean, who knows right but like and i just thought that you know it was an um i mean it's a very sad story and i'm very sorry that she went through that and of course but it is kind of an interesting coincidence that you know she comes out with a story right about this film that we're talking about now um but i don't know if you have any thoughts about you know the wine scene angle or anything i just all the rambling i just did about genres <laughs> and stuff <laughs> Um, I mean, like, I, I'm very much glad that he got the we got justice. Uh, yeah. They got justice. All the women that uh, were affected got justice. Um, I I'm glad that he's he's serving a good amount of time. Is not they're not be like oh he's ill we'll give him six months. Yeah, he's getting yeah. 23 years. He's we're getting actual justice for it. Um, I the whole story that you sent me was just wild. Like I it's just insane. Just I think mean, you you said it perfectly when you when you said it to me that there's just no he constantly goes to new lows and yeah. it's like you know we know all of the horrible horrific stuff he did but even the point where it's like oh she didn't wear a tight dress I'm gonna get really angry at her and tell her I hate her because she didn't she ruined my premiere because she didn't wear a tight dress and it's like you're you're just so gross as a human and. It's it's so upsetting that he was allowed to be part of Hollywood and so important in Hollywood for so long. Yeah. When this is the kind of moves he pulled, um, I, I I didn't realize that Serendipity. I didn't think it really ever clicked with me that when Serendipity actually came out because I I knew it was sort of off that time of like late nineties, early noughties, but I didn't think I realized that it came out a month after. 9-11 and didn't realize that even scenes had been edited out um, because of the fact that it had the World Trade Center in it and they didn't want that because it is it is quite telling like when you realize that and then you watch it and you go oh it is it is interesting how they don't show a lot of really key parts of New York like they yeah. don't really show you know stuff like World Trade Center or Empire State and all that kind of stuff they show Taxis and they show traffic and they show Walter yeah. Christopher and serendipity, but they don't show stuff like that. And you're like, right, okay, I guess I guess they had scenes of the World Trade Center and just were like, eh, let's get rid of that, let's just X that out. Yeah, and um, it's interesting. Um, as I was saying earlier, like this is very much you know a pre 9 11 New York. And I wasn't living in New York yeah. at, at that time, but. I mean, just, like, based on, you know, shows like Sex and the City and, like, other kind of New York movies of, like, the late 90s, um, this has that same kind of vibe of, like, just a very happy, carefree New York where, you know, you could just hop in a taxi and go somewhere and it was all, you know, like, 
you know, rich people like living, it's like the sort of like Rudy Giuliani in New York, right? Um, and, um, which is, so it was, it's insane to me that they would, uh, well, okay, no, it's not insane to me. Like, I understand why they would want to take out the World Trade Center and like erase them digitally, and that makes sense, I guess, on an emotional level. But it doesn't make any sense because, like, this movie, like, would, would I mean, just like the, the like vibe of this movie would just be, like, this is not what New York was like post nine eleven, especially so yeah. soon after. I mean, this is taking place like in the year that it's it's made, then, and not like you know five years in the future. Like, I don't know. It's just like it makes sense to me, of course, because like it's very it would be very insensitive to like have that you know have like such a New York movie. Um, Right after nine eleven, and not even acknowledge it. But I don't know. It just it's definitely a, just a a weird kind of thing. I mean, it was. Uh, but this movie did make money at the box office. I mean, it made yeah. like I think almost eighty million dollars. Um, I, I believe um, I can check that. But yeah, so like I think people. I mean, I think people kind of needed um, some kind of like uh, escape from. Uh, you know that kind of national tragedy, but yeah, I mean, it made like seventy-eight million dollars, so which is like not huge, but like pretty good for a movie like this coming out at that, you know, that time of yeah. in history. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I do see what you mean because I don't, I don't know, I, I, I didn't really, don't really track like how the genres go throughout time, but not, just thinking on it, I know that there was a lot of romantic comedy, sort of the later end of the of the. 20 the, the, the 2000s like there was a lot of movies like 2008 9 10 yeah. like you got 20 was it 23 dresses like there was a lot of gap and heigl there's a lot of gap and heigl everywhere um there was uh, the holiday and movies like that um but those all sort of came sort of the end of the decade early next decade but i, I yeah i can't really think of anything in between i can't really think of any mid no mid mid naughty yeah i mean um, yeah, I mean, like, the... I guess, like, my whole thing is, like, the romantic comedies were still being made, but they just, like, weren't yeah. as, like, prominent. No. In, you know, like... Um, yeah, Catherine Heigl made a lot of money, but or made a lot of movies, but, like, those movies, like, made some money, but, like, they, she wasn't getting, like, critically acclaimed. Like, she probably would have been if she were making romantic comedies in the 90s, you know? And, like, yeah. Um, and, like, I think very few people, like Nancy Myers, who made The Holiday, like, yeah, she could always rise above that. But it just it just wasn't the same, you know? Like, these movies weren't topping the box office for the year. Like, Pretty Woman, for example, like, which came out in 1990, like, that movie, like, was, you know, one of the biggest hits of, of its year and still is, like, one of the most profitable romantic comedies. And, like, same with, like, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, like, stuff like that. Like, it just... I think just, like, the national... Um, temperament with regarding like escapist movies just changed like it wasn't romance it would be like a marvel movie or star wars where it's just like you kind of need that like good guy versus bad guy kind of thing um yeah that is very true that is very true because you don't see a lot of romantic comedies they'll they'll get a lot of audience they'll get a lot of talk but yeah uh, in terms of topping the box office it's true you don't you don't see romantic comedies up there anymore Uh, so it is interesting so, um, do you have any final thoughts on uh, serendipity or anything you want to bring up before we finish up? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think I think I just I really like 
the the sort of messages that you can take away from the film. I do like the idea that um, you know th- things do happen for a reason, and you just sort of got to go with it sometimes. Um, but it, I feel like the movie also makes a point of you having to put in work and you having to make right choices as well, because yeah. I don't think any any of that stuff would have happened if you know she didn't fly to New York to go and try and make it happen. Um, you know, it would have just carried on as as normal. She would have got married, um, and and it's it's the idea where like when he was getting upset of like you know clearly we're supposed to do something here. It's like when it's right, it's right, and it will happen. Um, but it, yeah, you still need to put in work at the same time. So I yeah. I do like the fact that there's a lot of messages you can kind of pull out of it, and it's not just for romance, but it's just general life stuff as well that you can extract from the movie and live your life through it. Um, and also, I'm, I'm just a big sap, and I just like the idea of... Yeah. I really do just like the idea of just watching these two people sort of on the edge of your seat, of like, come on, just, you're right there, they're right there. And just, um, like, I think the, the scene that frustrated me the most is when he gets... Um, he gets out to go to the room finder service, and she gets into the cab... Oh, because yeah. she's coming out of serendipity and you're just like like really <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. um, um and i i would love to see more romantic comedies like that where it's not this idea of um you know there's a lot of romantic comedies these days where like they they really hate each other but then they fall in love with each other and i just i like the idea of people just genuinely having a connection and then just finding a way to make it work um which is kind of why i love the holiday as well because it was never really about this sort of love hate relationship it was you go somewhere you don't really expect any sort of connection and then bam something happens um and like all of those sort of meet cute moments as well um like there was a lot of meet cute at at the beginning as well and i just I really love all of that stuff. I kind of want romantic comedies to sort of go back into that kind of feeling rather than being this sort of, like all of those other tropes where I'm not a big fan of. I do just like the idea of you meet each other and it's right and then you've got to do something and make changes in your life to sort of make that relationship work. Um, it's the kind of romantic comedies I like. Yeah, yeah. No, me too. And I think, you know, movies about kind of nice people meeting each other and finding each other is, it's always, I think, a very sweet kind of movie. Um, one thing I did want to bring up is um, the soundtrack of this movie had a lot of just like really interesting songs. And like the ending song in particular, I found to be very, like, just a perfect kind of ending to the film. And, um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I thought was interesting about this movie, and we don't have to go way into this, but. Um, when uh, Jonathan and Sarah break up with their respective fiancés, it's off screen. Like, yeah. Um, when she, uh, yeah, she tries to stop the wedding, or she at least goes to the wedding and finds out that it was already called off off screen. You don't see Hallie again. And uh, same, you know, she says that she broke up with Lars off screen as well. And I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, definitely something that felt like a conscious decision not just you know a mistake on the writer or director's part but yeah, I thought that was uh, definitely something 
I was thinking about it after and trying to figure out like why it was off screen, but I don't know. Yeah, just something to think about, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's the idea where like, um, obviously the the significant. I think they probably just didn't want that scene where they're having this big emotional yeah. cry yeah. over something when it's very clear that the you know Jonathan, um, Jonathan, uh, John Cusack's character and um, Sarah. Kate Beckinsale's character, like they clearly weren't really invested in the relationship anymore. They'd clearly realized that and clearly kind of moved on. So having that big emotional cry would just seem a little bit off. Yeah. Like obviously there was probably still love there, but at the same time it would just feel a little bit weird and it would it would probably be quite uncomfortable to watch, I guess, to especially because of they're they're the ones breaking up and they're breaking up in quite a a last minute moment. I mean, he's waking up with her like just, on the just day before. Of their wedding, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think he even did it in person because he said, Oh, he called it off. It's like, did he, did he arrive back and then call it off? Because he was, he was supposed to get there like just in time for the wedding. Yeah. So is it, I mean, I you know, he walked up the aisle and it was like over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, I guess, I guess it was that kind of idea of, uh, it just would have felt really, uh, I guess it would have been quite a jarring scene and, and it would have yeah. made you, it probably would have taken you out the moment as well because yeah. the whole time you're really rooting for them to get together and they, you kind of forget the fact that they do both have fiancés. Yeah. And if you had that scene where they're having, like the fiancés are having a big breakdown because, oh, their their whole life has just been thrown in the bin just before their wedding. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't feel very happy at the end. You probably wouldn't yeah. feel that moment where you're like, yeah, they're together. You know what I mean? Like, they just broke up. That's, that's really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a it's a very tricky thing when you have this kind of setup. But you know what? The movie works, and it has a wonderful ending. I really loved the ending scene. I thought that was so romantic. Yeah, I did really love the fact that they sort of met back at the moment of the of the crime, as they said. And it was like again, it's that meet cute moment of yeah. like. You know, they started with the grabbing of the gloves and then they're back right by the glove rack um, and they see the character uh, Eugene who helped them all I don't know what his actual name is they really actually say his actual name in the film no I think he's just like Clark yeah he's just Clark um um, and I did love that, like the, you know, they had the romance moment, but then they put the comedy in at the yeah. end. It was cute. It was really cute. Yeah. Well, Vinny, you are doing a lot. Um, where can people find <laughs> you, you online for all um, your, all your uh, activities and stuff? I have uh, the very professional online username of Nintendo Mad Eight Eight Eight. It lends itself. It lends itself very well to all of the LGBT plus advocacy work and volunteer work that I do, of course. Um, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Medium for my blog. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, which is called the Ambassadors, which is all about bisexuality. If anyone wants to watch stuff about that. Yes, everyone should definitely check all that out. It's amazing work you're doing there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TheManish89 and uh, follow the podcast at ItPodToBeYou. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe to help you find the show. Vinny, uh, thank you so much for coming on doing this. We had such a great time chatting with you. Thank you for letting me gush about the sappy phone. It's my favorite and I don't talk about it ever. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the that's the point of this podcast, to be sappy and cute and sweet. So, so thanks so much. Don't you
And to listener, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.